0: Hello and welcome to The Great Gildersleeve from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: Here's more late news. Dublin. Prime Minister de Valera warns the people of Ireland to be prepared for war. But he says Ireland is continuing its policy of strict neutrality in the spreading hostilities. In his warning, de Valera said war might come to Ireland, quote, as a thief in the night. Moscow. The Red Russian Army is striving to drive the Germans into a full Napoleonic retreat on all three Russian fronts. And tonight they are still sweeping the Germans before them in the north, the center, and the south. Canberra, Australia. The Australians have started blackouts, and in Sydney the people are sandbagging buildings. Munitions workers are keeping war industries going 24 hours a day. They've also offered to abandon their holidays, and Australian youths are flocking to the recruiting stations in increasing numbers. London the British Communist Party urges the closest coordination of the Allied forces. An official statement describes the Japanese attack as fascism's offensive for the enslavement of the world. This report came to you from the NBC newsroom. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. (laughs) Yeah!
2: At this time from Hollywood, California, Kraft presents Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve, written by Leonard L. Levinson. We'll hear from the Great Gildersleeve in just a moment. But first, maybe some of us accept progress without giving it much thought. Why nowadays most people take the wonders of radio and the airplane for granted? Yet when you stop and think, these modern developments are really astounding. And of course, there's been a lot of progress in foods too. Take margarine, for example. Modern margarine like parquet. The margarine made by craft. Why, people who haven't tasted margarine for a long time are amazed when they discover how deliciously good parquet tastes. That's because parquet margarine isn't just an ordinary margarine. It's as different from old-time margarine as the modern automobile is from the horseless carriage. You see, parquet margarine is outstanding because of the rich delicacy of its flavor. Also because it's an economical source of food values your whole family needs. Yes, unlike old-time margarines, parquet margarine contains important vitamin A, 9,000 units in every pound. Besides that, parquet margarine is about as nourishing and wholesome an energy food as you could serve. So don't put it off. Try this delicious modern margarine tomorrow. Remember, it's parquet. P-A-R-K-A-Y. <laughs> And now let's visit our friend the great Gildersleeve.
3: Uh, Laundry for month of November, $24.32. I never saw such a clean family in my life. (laughs) Groceries for the month, $103. Or such a hungry family either. Gas, water, and... uh, Oh, hello, Leroy. Light for the month amounted to... What is it, Leroy.
4: Gee, Uncle Mort, I just hate to mention this to you.
3: Well, Leroy, if you hate it so much, don't do it, especially if it's about money.
4: How did you know, Uncle?
3: You combed your hair, put on a tie, and tucked in your shirt. Anytime I see so much change in you, it means a little more change out of me.
4: Well, <laughs> oh, but, Uncle, with Christmas practically here, I'm a little shy.
3: It's shy? You don't seem very shy to me.
4: <laughs> I mean, I'm embarrassed. Financially embarrassed.
3: Yes. You... What about all the, those Christmas presents you were making in your manual training and handcraft classes in school?
4: Oh, well, all my plans went haywire. Yeah? Gee, I made a keen smoking stand for you, Uncle Mort.
3: Well?
4: Only I could never get the legs even. It... Gosh. Gosh. I must have sawed them 30 times. Well? Say, Uncle, you'd just as soon have a footstool, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs>
3: yes, of course,
5: of course. Uh, oh, Mr. Gilchlee, I fixed all your favorite things to eat for lunch. Is there anything special you might be wishing for in addition?
3: Yes, Bertie. Quit stuffing me just so you can hit me for another advance on your salary.
5: Why, well, Mr. Gilsley, you positively can read my mind even before I mix it up. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Bertie, I can't let you have any more advances. Your salary is so overdrawn right now that it needs a blood transfusion.
5: But I don't mean my January salary. I just want to nibble into February.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Bertie, you've eaten halfway through March already.
5: (laughs) Hmm, that's bad. But I made some powerful miscalculations in my Christmas figures. I added up two zeros, and all the time there should have been an eight.
3: (laughs) Well, I'm having enough trouble with my own bookkeeping. By George, I wish I had the bookkeeper here that I had at my girdle works. He was a wizard with figures. (laughs) Oh, uh, hello, Marjorie.
4: Oh, say, Uncle Mort, speaking of figures, my checking account is all in a mess. I'm going to need $50 more for my Christmas shopping.
3: No, I'll see here, all of you. There won't be any more money available in this household in the first of the month. Why?
4: Well, what well, happened?
3: Well, uh, last Monday, I rushed down to the bank and put all our money into defense bonds and stamps.
4: Oh, oh i did.
3: Yes, I'm afraid I overdid a little bit, though. I gave them all our ready cash.
4: Why, well, Uncle Mort, what have you been using for spending money since?
3: Well, Marjorie, do you remember my collection of rare buffalo nickels? Yes.
4: Well,
3: they've gone the way of the buffalo. <laughs> but I don't mind, though. I want to do everything I can to help. Oh, me too. Yeah.
5: I'm all riled right up myself. I want to join the Japanese army. You huh? What? Why, <laughs> oh, Bertie,
6: what do you mean?
5: Well, I'd like to cook for them people for just one day, that's all. <laughs>
3: Yes, Bertie, I see what you mean. Anyway, we won't mind skipping a few things this Christmas, will we, children? After all, half of what we buy each other always winds up in the storeroom anyway. Hey, say, I've got an idea.
4: Yes, Uncle Moore.
3: Let's see what we can sell out of that storeroom. huh? Of
4: course, I never thought
5: of that. Come on, let's look
3: now. Yes, come on, everybody, come on.
5: Must be a million things in here.
3: Yes. What did I tell you? Look.
5: Oh, Look. Maybe I can sell that old dress form. But you don't promise that to me, Miss Marge.
3: Oh, isn't that dress form a little, uh, a little, uh, little for you, Bertie?
5: Uh, no, sir. I just measures everything on that, and then I multiply by three, and that's me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes, I see. <laughs> well, Leroy, you've certainly outgrown that old scooter of yours there.
4: Yeah, but I need the wheels to make a wagon. You know how things are these days. A man can't go around wasting rubber.
3: Uh, yeah.
4: Say, how about selling buck?
3: If... Buck?
4: Yes, that's what we call the iron deer in the corner. Oh, that. He used to stand out on the lawn. Yeah, until one Christmas Eve when Grandpa thought he was Santa Claus and tried to ride at home all night long.
5: <laughs> There's a powerful lot of iron in that animal. It ought to be worth some money. Ain't scrap iron valuable when a country's scrapping?
3: <laughs> yes, sir, I think we can get a little dough out of that deer. I'll tell you what we'll do. If any of you can sell it, you can keep the proceeds. Me too, Mr. Gil, please. Yes, of course, Bertie. However, I'll deduct the money out of your April wages.
4: Hey, I better get busy. Maybe this will be the beginning of my entire business career. Hello, yeah. is this Skinner Salvage and Scrap Company that buys anything from a safety pin to a secondhand skyscraper? That's me, Mr. Skinner. I got a big business deal for you. What are you paying for scrap iron these days?
1: Eighty cents a hundred. How much you got?
4: Oh, plenty. You better come out and see me. 747 Parkside Avenue. Okay, who's just talking? Uh, just ask for Mr. Leroy Forrester. And remember, don't buy it from anybody else. Hot dog. I'll get the money to buy Marjorie that swell chemistry set I like so much for Christmas.
0: Yes, this is the Line Works, Felt speaking. Uh, this is Marjorie
4: Forrester.
0: Well, how can I be of service, Miss Forrester? Uh, it is, uh, Miss Forrester, isn't it? Yeah.
4: I want to know if your company is interested in purchasing a quantity of used
0: iron. Why, well, yes, we are. In what form is this iron? Um,
6: really, it's a
4: little deer.
6: Oh,
0: we won't dribble about prices, Miss Foster. <laughs> oh, no,
4: no, you don't understand,
0: silly. It's an iron deer. An electric iron, darling? <laughs> buyer? Why, I'd like to see what the little deer looks like myself, And I'd like to come face to face with that lovely voice of yours. Really,
4: Mr. Sal? You're a fast worker.
0: Uh, Enough?
5: Presiding potentate of the excruciating orders of the sons of Pharaoh, was <laughs> otherwise known as Joe the Jumpman. <laughs> well, this is Bertie Lee Coggins of the Sister Lodge, the mysterious and bewildering order of the Daughters of Cleopatra, <laughs> a greeting from the grand, exhausted ruler of the pyramids.
6: <laughs>
5: yeah, brother, that's me. Uh, Boatens, do you know whereabouts I work on Parkside Avenue? Well, hit your horse to the wagon and trot right up here. I'll send you a piece of junk that's really a piece of high-class junk. (laughs) What is it? Well, I don't know for sure, but it's something in the shape of a mule, only it's got its head stuck in a hat rack.
3: Sit still a moment. You've been running to the door like a strip of hall carpet.
4: Well, it's, it's on the counter. I'm waiting for Mr. Skinner.
3: Skinner? What does he do?
4: He buys anything from a safety pin to a second-hand skyscraper. I'm going to sell him buck.
3: Well, how much is he going to pay you?
4: 80 cents, a 100 pounds. And that deer must weigh a couple of thousand pounds at least.
3: Oh, no, Leroy. You'll be lucky if it weighs 200 pounds.
4: Oh, but it looks heavier than you, Uncle Morton. You must weigh over... Never
3: mind what I weigh over, Leroy. <laughs> Don't forget that deer's hollow and I'm not. No.
4: No, you're not, but he's got horns and you haven't. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but I wear shoes and he doesn't.
4: Yes, yeah, you're right, then all I'll get will be between a dollar and a half and two dollars.
3: Uh, Leroy, we really ought to try to get a better price. Have you called any other junk dealer to bid against your Mr. Skinner?
4: No, I haven't. Well,
3: if you had, uh, no, wait a minute. I know how we can get a decent sum for our cast iron cast off. How long? Competition is the spice of the pudding, my boy. And if Mr. Skinner had a little competition...
4: I know. You're going to pretend you're another junk man, aren't you, Uncle Mort?
3: Oh, you went and guessed it.
4: But Mr. Skinner won't. He's a regular super-duper of a scheme. Do you
3: think so? Well, let's try it, then. You just introduce me by some other name, some uh, pseudonym, and I'll keep boosting the price up
4: for you. It'll look fishy unless you put on a hat and coat. You better get old ones. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, John, I bet that's him now. Uh,
3: Skinner? Uh, Well, I find an old overcoat and hat. Tell me quickly, Roy.
4: Right there on the phone. Oh,
3: yes. (laughs) I better get in something before Leroy comes back with that real junk man. Ah, here's something I've always wanted to wear. Now, let me get this all clear, kid. Are you sure that you're Mr. Leroy Forrester?
4: Of course, Mr. Skinner.
3: Well, then who's this fat gent here with the derby hat and the old army overcoat? Oh,
4: boy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> What's so funny, young man? Uh,
4: nothing, nothing at all. Uh, uh, Mr. Skinner, this is another junk dealer, Mr. Uh, um, Mr. Uh, uh, Sudenheim.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, pleased to meet you, sir. Hey, what kind of a junk man are you, given I would have pleased to meet you, sir? Ugh. And say, I never heard of no local dealer with a name like Sudenheim. Are you a member of the JMCA? Uh, No, however, I am a member of the YMCA. I mean the Junk and Metal Collectors Association. Oh. Are you sure you're a legitimate junk man? You sure don't talk like one. Oh, well, uh, that's because I come from Boston. We talks this way up that way. (laughs) Okay? Okay. Yeah. Only one thing. Kind of watch your step around this town. Get it? Yeah, got it. (laughs)
4: Say, how much will you give me for this swell iron deer, huh?
3: Well, where's the rest
0: of the scrap you want to sell?
4: That's all there is, isn't
3: it enough? For Pete's sake. You mean you drag me all the way here for one rusty mildew chunk of metal venison? You mean you don't want it, eh? Well, we'd like to have this little number up in uh, Boston. Uh, yes. Uh, buddy, I'll give you uh, two dollars for it. Hey, if you give that much your way off your bean, Mr. Sudlehammer. What? It ain't worth it at all. I'll give you two and a quarter. Why, you <laughs> you little overbearing overbitter? You can't do that to Throckmorton P. uh, uh, pseudonym. (laughs) I'll wipe that nasty little grin off your face and just about I bid $3. Well, I'll show you the two can play at that game. I bid $3.05. Five
6: cents.
3: (laughs) Your cheapskate, I'll make it $4. Oh, you do? Well, you can have it, bumper belt. I'm through.
4: Hey, hey, wait a minute. Don't go. Uh, No, don't
3: go. Uh, Aren't you going to make another bid? I should say not. I wouldn't give a cent more than three I'll give three eighty. 80 Gee, don't, Uncle. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, Uncle, eh? <huh? laughs> Aha! I see it all now. You ain't no junk man. Yeah? Like a tough one that derby hat you're wearing. You're nothing but a pawnbroker. What? <laughs> Yes, yes, that's it. A uh, uh, broker. <laughs> Uncle Mort, they call me. <laughs> hey, kid, you better take my offer. This guy don't look reliable to me.
4: Well, okay, Mr. Skinner.
3: Okay, it's a deal. I'll be back this afternoon for this hunk of junk. And by the way, Sudie... Uh, yes? I'll give you a buck for that hat and coat you're wearing. You will? Yeah, what do you say? Sold. <laughs> <laughs> Leroy, you go ahead and shop as far as your 375 will take you. I'm going into this bank.
4: Okay, Uncle Morton.
3: And remember, Leroy, go straight home as soon as you're finished. Uh, say, who is this fellow coming this way?
4: I don't know, Unc.
3: His face is mighty... F- oh, yes, of course. Uh, hello, Mr. Llewellyn. Oh, Mr. Gildersweave. I'd like to have you meet my nephew, Leroy Forrester. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Forrester. Or may I address you as we were Mr. Llewellyn uh, was formerly your cousin Octavia's secretary, Leroy. I've
4: got to have made your acquaintance. i got to go now.
3: Come on, come on. Uh, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Hey, say, Llewellyn, how does it happen that you're still in Summerfield? Well, I was in such a rush to resign from your cousin's employ, I neglected to collect my last week's salary. Oh, I see. Did that leave you in an awkward financial position? It left me stranded high and dry. Yes. Willie, really, I'm rather discouraged and depressed. Now, oh, now, Llewellyn, old chap, remember every cloud has a silver lining. Okay, every cloud has a silver lining. So what? <laughs> can I take a silver lining to my landlady and say, here, Mrs. Wafferty, this is to pay the rent?
6: <laughs> <laughs>
3: or can I slice it like woning and have it for lunch? Or can I use a silver lining in my
4: shoes instead of weather?
3: <laughs> no, 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 of course not. I didn't realize your predicament. Well... It happens that I need some clerical assistance. Would oh, you like a job? Oh, more emphatically. Oh. Do you know anything about bookkeeping? Oh, yeah. Double entry, popping and wass, wedges. Let me recite my experiences. It isn't is necessary. I'll give you a trial. You will? Yes. I really need a bookkeeper badly. And I imagine that's just how you keep books. <laughs> Oh, you don't know how glad I really am. This means I won't have to take the job that was offered to me. Oh, you had a position you could have taken. Oh, yes. I could have gone to work reading news flashes on the radio. They said I'd be a woo woo.
4: Buddy! Oh, Bertie! Yeah, it's you, Leroy. What's all the fuss for? Somebody's white bucked the iron deer. The man I sold it to was here just now, and we couldn't find it place. Of course not. The man I sold it
5: to just hauled it away.
4: You sold it, too? Gee, but now we're in a mess. Mr. Skinner is coming back in three hours. Well, just give him a refund on his money. I can't. I spent it. Besides, he told me to have the deer here or he'd go to the police station.
5: What for? They ain't got no deers there. Only bulls. <laughs>
4: Skinner's going to have me arrested for selling what I haven't got if I can't deliver what he thought he was paying for when he bought what you just sold. Well, say that over again and take out the lump. <laughs> He's going to get me arrested for selling him a disappearing iron deer. Oh, hello, Uncle Mort. Hello, Mr. Well? Hello. Gee, Uncle Mort, we're in a jam. A jam? What's wrong? You remember Mr. Skinner who bought the deer for three seventy-five? dollars Yes. Well, he didn't. How could he didn't? <laughs> well, when he came to pick it up, Bertie had already sold it to somebody else. And now Skinner says he's going to have me arrested if he doesn't get the deer back.
3: Oh, my. And I had a lot of matters to straighten out with Mr. Llewellyn here this afternoon. What's well, to him wait later. Huh? <laughs> What's wrong with your ears, Bertie? Mr. Llewellyn said, let's do him later. Oh. huh uh, There's only one thing to do, and that's to get the deer back. Uh, Who'd you sell it to, Bertie?
5: Joe Cephas Bush.
3: Oh, yes, Joe Bush. I've heard that name before. Uh, where is his place of business? In the alley. Uh, <laughs> no, where does he transact his affairs from? from a horse and wagon. Oh, no, 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 Bertie. What Mr. Gildersweave is driving at is where does he live? Where does he sweep? Where does he get his telephone calls? At
5: the corner of 33rd and the railroad track.
4: what
3: not you say? <laughs> well, let's go to the railroad track. Yes, we've got to get that deer back before that skinner returns. Oh, well, that reminds me, Mr. Gildersweave. Isn't it a little bit late in the season to be hunting deer? Yeah. Oh. Careful with those antlers, Llewellyn. Yes, sir. Uh, all right, Mr. Mailman. You lower the other end. Yes. Uh, you boys in the middle, steady now. Yes, steady. Yes, there it is. Yes. Thank you very much boys. Oh, I'm I'm pretty tuckered out. Yes. Trouble is you don't keep yourself in condition, Llewellyn. Well, shall we move Bucket back into the storeroom or let him stay here in the hallway for Mr. Skinner to pick up? Boys, no, he always hired as a bookkeeper, not as a long shoreman. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, let's leave it right here for Skinner, uh, and remind me to tell Bertie that her friend uh, Joe Bush charges seven dollars out of her April wages to get this metal moose back here. Yes, sir. You know something, Mister Gildersleeve? Every time I look at this statue, it reminds me of something. Uh, anybody you know? No. I just can't work just what it reminds me of. Oh well, come with me, Llewellyn, and I'll show you where to wash up. Oh, gladly. Yeah, moving a thing like that's no Halloween prank. Like...
4: Thank you for a very lovely lunch,
0: Mr. Phelps. Oh, don't thank me, Miss Marjorie. Thanks to the Ironworks. After all, they're the other ones are going to pay for it. They will? For sure. It's a necessary expense. You know, like uh, entertaining an out of town buyer. Only in this case, it's uh, it's an in town seller.
4: Boy, what a line. You could is <laughs> as a leash for an elephant. <laughs> oh, look, somebody moved the deer out of the storeroom for us. Well, I wonder how they knew you were buying it.
0: Well, I'll have my men load it onto the truck. Oh okay. Pete. You and Charlie can come in here now.
4: It was terribly nice of you to give me $20 for buck, Mr. Phelps. Are you sure it's worth that much?
0: Oh, yes, yes, of course. They're not putting iron like that into deers these days, you know.
4: No, not unless they feed them spinach. Then <laughs> so what are you going to do with it? Use it as a radiator cap for a tank?
0: <laughs> no, no, we'll break it up with hammers and convert it back into pig iron. Well, that was a bright idea, telephoning us. Yes, wasn't it?
4: And won't everybody be surprised when they find out that I sold (laughs) Well, here comes Mr. Skinner back again, Uncle Morton. I'll get
3: it. Yes, all right. Well, thank goodness. Now Leroy can let him cart that deer away and we'll have the whole matter off our chest, Llewellyn. Good weddings, too, I say. Yeah. (laughs) Certainly wasn't worth all the trouble it took. Leroy got three seventy-five, dollars and it cost me $7 to get it back after Bertie sold it. Hey,
4: Uncle Lord, it's Mr. Skinner, all right. Yeah? Where'd you put the deer? It isn't in the no store room. Of course
3: not. We left it in the hall. Can't you use your eyes? Well, it isn't there now. But, well, it couldn't walk away.
4: <laughs>
6: did
3: you move it, Llewellyn? Me? After the struggle and trouble I had getting it through the front door?
6: <laughs>
3: oh, sir, my mother never waged any foolish children. Yeah. We'll do it <laughs> Household. I am, sir. What's the meaning of this intrusion? Oh, it's you. Oh, forgot. Say, how many different people are you? First a junk man, then a pawnbroker, and now the papa around here.
4: He's our Uncle Mort.
3: That's right. Oh, he's your uncle, too. Oh, oh. Exactly. You see, I right? think he's Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, and probably two other fellows.
4: Come on, come Say, what's going on in
6: here? Uh,
3: this man Skinner bought our iron deer from Leroy, and now it's disappeared for the second time.
4: <gasps> oh my goodness! I just sold it to the Summerfield Iron
3: for twenty dollars. Oh, twenty bucks! No wonder you didn't want to turn it over to me for three seventy-five. Oh, better give him back his money, Leroy. I
4: can't. I spent it already. Well,
3: well, then you better give it to him out of the twenty, Marjorie. I
4: spent
3: all mine, too. Oh, jumping jeeps. Well, I'll have to give you the 375, mister. Oh, I know you don't. What about all the time I wasted? Huh? And the cab fare. And the two trips with the truck. And the profit I'd have made selling it to the ironworks. You gotta give me at least ten bucks for all my trouble. Yep. Ten bucks for one buck? Why, you can go down to the river and take a good <laughs> You can take a good jump in the lake for yourself. Yeah, well, I'll soon. Excuse me, Mr. Gildersleeve. Can uh, I speak to you privately? Uh, is it important? Quite a week. Come on over here. Uh, what is it, Llewellyn? You remember that, that there was something about that deer that reminded me of something, only I couldn't recall what? Yes, yes, yes. What is it? Well, I just recollected. Iron deers like that are scarce. They're wear antiques. They are? They are? Yeah, I read somewhere that they're a vanishing form of Americana. They're worth anywhere from $150 up to collectors and at museums. Shh, not so loud. That mule Skinner will hear you. <laughs> you think we could should pay him the $10 and get rid of them? Absolutely. And then we should rush right down to the ironworks and rescue the deer before they break it up. Oh, that's right, break it up. Oh, well, we'll have to pay them back, too. Uh, yep. $20 there, $10 to Skinner, uh, $7 to Joe Bush. Uh, that's $37 it's going to cost me to get the deer back for the welland. You better be right about the value of that iron casting, or... Or what, Mr. Gildersweave? Or else I'll clown you. <laughs> uh, Llewellyn, are you holding that statue carefully in the rumble seat? I'm treating it as if it were very fragile. Well, all we have to do is drive across town now and see what the antique dealers will offer.
4: Oh, wasn't it marvelous that we caught Harry? Yes. I mean, Mr. Phelps. Oh. Before he ordered them to a up, box?
3: Yes. Well, I was going to tell you about that, Marjorie. I found out that young Phelps was going to save that thing as a souvenir.
4: He was? Yes. But it wasn't his to keep. It belonged to the company.
3: Oh, yes? Fat chance any company would pay $20 for $2 worth of scrap metal. That young man bought it for himself.
4: He did? Well, I wonder why.
3: Yes. If you don't know why, nobody else does. This is Mr. Abernathy, who's an expert on old hitching post sundials, and iron deer. Yeah, how do you do, sir? Oh, I, I'm glad to meet you. Yes. I thought there was no use woding and unwoding the statuary till its authenticity was established. Yes, that's right. Uh, go ahead, Mr. Abernathy. <laughs> uh, climb up and examine it to your heart's content.
0: Well, well, uh, thank you. Well, say, this seems to be rather an unusual item, in fine condition. It is? Oh, that's good news. Well, there are several simple little tests, uh, like the sound it makes when you knock on it. Oh? Ah. Ah, just listen to that. Isn't that music to the ear?
3: I don't know. Does that mean it's genuine? Yes. And it certainly is music
0: to the ear.
4: The Unc, isn't wonderful? Oh. It's just like finding very treasures?
0: Yes. Hey, say, I like this item. I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, bring it in and I'll give you a check for $160. How fair Now, wait a minute.
4: I'll make it $170. Hey,
3: cut that out, Leroy. <laughs>
4: That's
3: a very nice offer, Mr. Abernathy. We'll take it. The Llewellyn, Yeah. So suppose you help me lift it out and then hand it down to me. Okay. Yeah. You grab hold of the wax, Mr. Gillespie. Yes, all right. All right. Oh. I've got him. Uh, now, be careful. Lucifer Llewellyn is always careful. Yes. Yeah. Easy now. This is worth a lot of money. Yep. Watch out, it doesn't get away from you. Oh, it's too, but it's got an off we swip we wump. What? <laughs> oh,
6: look out Oh, Look out! Oh. <laughs> oh, <my.
3: laughs> it's in a hundred pieces. Well, that's the last time we'll ever try to pass that buck.
2: Great Gildersleeve will be with us again in a few minutes. You know, food shopping is getting to be a science these days. Yes, I certainly take my hat off to you housewives. You know a lot about the quality and nutritional value of foods and how to serve your family's really tasty and nourishing meals and still keep within your budget. And that's why I'm sure so many housewives are asking for parquet margarine instead of just saying, some margarine, please. They know, you see, that parquet margarine is the modern margarine. Outstanding because it tastes so good. Outstanding, too, because of its fine quality and because it's a nourishing and wholesome year-round source of vitamin A. Yes, and these women know that parquet is an all-purpose margarine, delicious for table use, a real flavor shortening for baking, and just about perfect for pan frying because it adds flavor and doesn't spatter or stick to the pan. So take a tip from these wise housewives. When you go to your food store, don't just ask for margarine. Ask for parquet margarine. Then you'll know you're getting margarine at its best. Yes, tomorrow, ask your food dealer for parquet. P-A-R-K-A-Y. It's the delicious modern margarine made by Kraft. Yes,
3: Leroy. How can you whistle and chuckle and grin when we've just smashed $160 worth of iron deer?
4: I want to wait till we were alone, Unc. When old Buck busted up, something that was hidden inside of him came rolling out.
3: It did? What was it?
4: I picked it up so nobody his see. It's a great big wad of money. Oh, my
3: goodness. Maybe that crash was for the best. There's nobody else around here. Let me see it. Here, Unc. Whoa, what a roll. Cut the string, Leroy.
4: There. Oh, boy.
3: Oh, darn it, we lose again. It's Confederate money. Good night. <laughs>
2: Original music heard on this program was composed and conducted by William Randolph. This is Jim Bannon speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company and inviting you to be with us again next week at this same time For the further adventures of the great Gildersleeve, this is the National Broadcasting Company.